Hey, y'all, before we get started, if you are enjoying this podcast, if you've listened to several episodes and have learned anything, if you'll do me a favor, take a screenshot and share this with someone who is a newbie in your life, who's interested in NFTs, but might feel overwhelmed. We want to get this education into the hands as many or the ears as many people as we can. So if you'll do me a favor and share this with one person in your life who you know would enjoy this content and have some fun learning about NFTs, we definitely appreciate it. Let's get into the show. Marketing. How will it be different in Web 3 versus Web 2? And I know everybody's go-to answer is, well, community, we're using Discord and Twitter. But you guys know that Twitter is Web 2, right? Anyways, what does Web 3 marketing actually look like? We are digging in right now. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs but are overwhelmed with all the information Heather and I, we're true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you, and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. All right, Heather, I know we got stuff to do, but I have to share this story. I know you were a part of it, but I really want to share it for the audience before we get into it because it's a value add. I think you'll agree. So guys, look, I had the document open with some of the research for this podcast and Heather attached some YouTube videos that I needed to check out and I was checking them out at two times speed. I'm like listening, listening. Okay, okay. And then on the side on YouTube, I saw that Elon Musk is live. Like, I'm going to watch that. So I open it and I'm watching it and it's legit. It's him, three other people, three big names. I didn't recognize the YouTube channel, not a big deal, but there was like 9,200 people watching this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, the overlay all around it was saying, donate one ETH, get two ETH instantly up to 100 ETH. And the title of the live stream was, you know, Elon Musk buys, you know, 100,000 ethers. I don't know what, something crazy. And then it, it, I was like listening. I'm like, holy shit, like this is real. So then it says, go to bitcoin-tesla.org or something like that. I go to it and I'm just like, okay. And it's like, donate here. And then there's like a real live tracker where it's talking about, you know, the transaction hash, the wallet, what someone donated, what they got back and how instantaneous it was and all this other stuff. And I was like, holy shit, that happened on screen. Heather and I were in this studio right here. And I said, we can't record because we got to do this. So I sent it to her. She had that immediate look of kind of skepticism on her face. I'm like, this is Elon Musk. I was like, number two, this is YouTube. And I was like, number three, Google owns YouTube. Like, there's no way, there's no way this could be so massively distributed if it's a scam. Because we think Discord, we think DMs, we think Twitter bullshit, whatever. I'm like, this is literally Elon Musk. He's live right now. What like, hello. And then I saw there was another live with him and it essentially was the same one. Heather sends me a text as I'm literally transferring money from this account to this account, trying to get it stuff into my Coinbase wallet and whatever. And Heather's like, Brian thinks it's a scam. And I was like, there's no way. I was like, check this out. Then as I'm having trouble getting ETH into my wallet, trying to double instantaneously my ETH, I Google it because Heather had sent me that text. And it said, YouTube plagued by fake Elon Musk videos requesting this. And all the articles said people are donating like this much ETH, this much ETH, this much ETH or whatever, getting nothing in return. 
So the premise of this podcast is we're going to be talking about marketing in Web 2 versus Web 3, but I had to be very transparent about that kind of moment of weakness and being super impressionable by someone who is known to do good things. And I just didn't realize that it would go to such great, obvious, overt lengths to be on the world's number two search engine, faking a live stream and putting these links where people will literally, someone like me who's stupid thinking I was going to donate three or four Ethereum and get eight back. And it's like, I just couldn't believe it, but it is relentless. And I know we've been covering kind of scary stuff, but please learn from that. Please learn from that because I, I mean, I was just like, this dude has donated 25,000 trees to the Amazon. Like he's done a million great things. He's probably just trying to boost Ethereum and I did not take the time to verify if it was real. And Heather, you had a couple big takeaways on it, like riches can't be real because, and let's share those real quick. Well, first, let's say you're not stupid. Every single freaking person has fallen for something like that, similar to that, whatever. The three things that caught my attention off the bat, and I think this is a good learning opportunity, is I immediately went to Twitter. My friend, I go to Twitter. You, you tell me a tornado's coming, your girl's going on Twitter. Like I'm looking at Twitter because people are talking about it. No one was talking about this going on, which leads me to point number two. On the live stream, it said it had been streaming for 90 minutes. You're telling me in 90 minutes, 10,000 people are watching and nobody's tweeting about it. Come on now. Come on. People be talking about Johnny Depp's like court case two years ago, but they ain't talking about Elon Musk giving them money, please. Then I went to Google to see if there was any news sources that picked up on it because um, journalists are just scouting to see what they need can be talking about. There was no journalists. Nobody was talking about it. So nothing on Twitter, no news sources, and this has been live streamed for an hour and a half. Um, The other thing I think is really important is the link you sent me. I went to the homepage to see what it was based from, and there was no other content other than this giveaway. And so it was the whole website was about the giveaway, and there was not linked to anything that was official. So those are a few things to look at, but in full transparency, I was still on board with you, Rich, looking at it, like thinking, oh, this could be a thing until it was Brian, who's like the most level-headed ever, and was like, scam! Yes. And then I, then I texted yes. you, and I was like, stop everything! <laughs> Lucky us, because I was clicking away, trying to make moves. Can I share with you, the reason I wanted to do this episode, Web 2 versus Web 3 marketing, whether you have a project or not, if you're interested in Web 3, I'm sure if you're listening to us, you are (laughs) business-ish, entrepreneurial, and there's something that you're wanting to get off the ground. So the sexy thing right now is talking about Web 3 and all that, but do we really know what that means like from a marketing standpoint, what you do differently in Web 3 versus Web 2? But maybe you're a newbie here and you don't know what we mean by Web 3. What do I mean by Web 3, Richard? Yes, if you are new here, then this is going to be valuable. A little recap, if you have heard it before, bear with me. I'll keep it short and hopefully very easy to understand. So when we're talking about Web3, it's an evolution from Web1. I didn't know there was Web1 until NFTs came around and I didn't even know about Web2. Like I was like, what the hell is Web3? So Web1, I like to think about it as a billboard. It's read only, okay? Like it's a billboard, but on the interwebs, when it came out, everyone was rushing to get a website because that meant they could publish information. There was no interaction. It was just information that you can consume, that you can read. The evolution of that became Web2 social media platforms, content creators, marketing, people getting your information. You could read, you could publish, you could create, you could do video, you could do Twitter spaces, you could do any of that stuff. There's an argument that it could be community driven, but it was, in my opinion, very marketing driven and very much the reason Web3 exists. And the reason I say the reason Web3 exists is because Web2 is all about these big 
big, big platforms who allow you to come on for free in exchange for you giving them their data, whether you know it or not. So Web3 is kind of the person or the movement to demolish that. And it gives you its read, write, and ownership. Now, when we're talking about ownership in this capacity, we're going to be talking about ownership in terms of creators, eliminating the middlemen, eliminating algorithmic platforms, and how the marketing is going to entail. Now, I admitted earlier when we tried to do this, Heather, and we got distracted, that I'm not exactly sure I'm completely on board with like what ownership means. It sounds lofty. It sounds sexy and fun and like, yeah, I own my content, motherfucker. But like, you don't actually know what that means. Like, it's going to evolve. And like I say, it's a progressive uncovering. But recap, read is web one, read and write is web two, read, write, and own is web three, Heather. I think we should have another podcast about ownership because I think it'd be a fascinating topic to explore. But back to marketing, I dug and dug on the internet to try, you know, Web 2, trying to figure out the differences in Web 2 marketing versus Web 3. And this is what we found. So number one, shout out to Alif, marketing strategist, educator, and content creator. Uh, her YouTube is linked up in the show notes. It's really, really good. But she gave four things that she is seeing as the difference between Web 3, Web 2 marketing. And you can guess what number one is. What is it, Rich? Community element. So what exactly do we mean by community? I think this is a really, really big point is that you're focused on feedback. You are seeking feedback. You're hungry for feedback. You're looking for it. You're wanting it. You're obsessed with it. Uh, What she says in this video is, quote, their opinion is more important than what I think, which I know hurts everybody's feelings, but she refers to this as a sense of responsibility. What you got, Rich? Yeah, I had a call with a former client of mine. She did video work with me. She also has a podcast and the podcast did super well her first week out. And she goes, hey, Rich, I got approached for a sponsorship. I'm not sure how to go about this. I've never dealt with any of this stuff before. So we got on a quick call and we were talking about it. And I go, how do you know this company is right for you and your audience? She goes, I don't. And I go, well, then you don't know your audience. And I said, this is what it is. Like, you have to know who's listening, who's watching, who's interested. And that's elevated in Web3. And you and I are examples of that. I could say confidently that I know who our audience is. I know the questions they ask. And I know what that real-time interaction is that you were referring to. And it is a responsibility. And we try and be super diligent about it. But it was so interesting because I got to convey that advice. It's like, dude, it's right in front of your eyes. Like, you just got to talk to them. You got to tell them, what do they want to hear? You got to tell them, did you agree with this? You got to tell them, what can I do better? All that stuff comes into place. So I just wanted to mention that. Hey, newbies, our friend Sean has made an online course called NFTs Simplified. So consider it an extension of the things that we've tried to help you do. Now, this course is going to cover a few things, and we want to tell you about it because it is very affordable and it is very worthwhile. So obviously, we're going to cover what an NFT is, how to transfer Ether crypto into your wallet, how to buy an NFT, NFT security basics, all so that you can do the things you want. Some of you want to make money. Some of you want to invest money. Some of you want to make sure your NFTs and your monies are safe. And that's exactly uh, why we're pairing up with Sean for this. So there will be five video lessons and there's also plenty of course handouts and notes. Uh, I'm looking at some of the reviews right now. Here's one from Halim saying the course is great. I love the graphics and wish I had time to watch all this before I tried to do it myself. So there's additional reviews just like that, that made us confident to partner with him and to offer this course to you for 19 bucks. Okay. That's about three Starbucks grande drinks. Okay. 
So think about it, 19 bucks to keep your NFTs safe, to get you some of that extended knowledge that you want, and to just have a course from someone who is driven to help you. So we'll link it in the show notes. See you next time. The other thing that she mentioned was spontaneity. So being able to move away from cookie cutter templates, you know, this is the path, this is the way, which really is hard because for those of us who love to work efficiently and be organized to get ahead of the game, batching things. I mean, if you're marketing, you know what I'm talking about, at least in the content marketing world. Uh, it's a lot harder to think about being more spontaneous online. Uh, but there's a lot of emerging platforms that are going to encourage this. Yeah. And real quick, I just wanted to mention as far as like the spontaneity piece, emerging platforms, like there's so many emerging platforms. Like you hear Heather and I kind of be like, there's got to be something a little bit more than Twitter and Discord. Well, Platforms are going to emerge that are going to allow you to be spontaneous and that are going to allow for different looks, different feels, different vibes, different formats. And you got to pay attention to that. Like, I think it's actually a good idea to explore. I like to just go with the things that I know and the standard, but I'm probably deficient in that. Second thing is you're going to be reacting versus being proactive. In Web 2, I think it's easy, Heather. Like, all right, let's make this long form piece of content, chop it up in a million ways, make sure we do this, this, and this. It's easy to kind of be proactive, but you're going to be reacting because the space moves so freaking fast. Like you're not going to have a choice but to be spontaneous, which only elevates not only the creativity of the people providing value, but the creators themselves. Yeah. Unlearning playbooks. That's another bit. And I'm telling you, this is where I'm at right now. And it's really, really hard. Uh, my mind automatically goes into like funnels and uh, calls to action and so forth, which I'm not saying those per se are out, but we kind of got to, as marketers, put ourselves in a position of questioning, do I still need to do this? Is this still relevant here? And that takes a lot of, again, ego putting it aside and, and, and learning. And then lastly, she just emphasized networking, which I don't know if that's, you know, too much out of web two. That was a really important thing uh, for marketing in web two as well. But you know, the hot spot right now is Twitter and discord, which honestly I'm a little bit a rebel life in that. I, I think that there's some missed opportunity in other platforms as well. Kind of like we just interviewed John from Good Cactus, who's using LinkedIn and killing it over there. That's what she had. Rich, what do you got? Yeah, let's talk about how Web3 will change marketing a little bit more. And this is kind of some uh, uh, based off a video that we saw from Eric Sue, I believe is how you say it, SIU. This video was interesting and it essentially talked about giving power back to the users. Now, We've talked about this on a previous episode when Heather got back from Paris, like those pictures that she posts on Facebook, she might have them on her phone, but the ones she put online or maybe some of her stories, like those don't belong to her. Like it literally belongs to the platform. So giving power back to the users. So again, this is kind of that idea that we are super loyal to these platforms because you help me get visibility, but they're not loyal back to us. Like I'm not getting incentivized. And we talked about this, Heather. Being incentivized for these platforms is probably very much focused around vanity and getting a blue check mark and getting lots of followers, not any actual stuff. You have to do all the hard work after that and start marketing. So how do you give power back to the users? Or that that's going to be probably a huge evolution in Web3. But the real power to expand on that is in the community, which that's always going to be a recurring theme, and especially if you're talking to Heather Parody. You can scale your business way faster. Now, Bored Apes, we talk about them. They're a blue chip project. They're one of the first. In one year, not even a year, essentially, they're at 977 million in volume traded. Now, that's only going to increase. But how does it scale like that? How, like, Heather, I'd like to scale to a million in my business. 
But in a year, they've done 977. What is the reason for that? It's because your freaking community. They built a community. No one could take it from them. And if the community appreciates and elevates, then the assets associated with it do as well. So that's huge. And then lastly, uh, social media platforms being decentralized. Yeah, I think you have some notes here. Interesting debate about meta not being really decentralized. So making Facebook more like a metaverse. And I think you were going to go somewhere with this. Yeah. So just real quick, and we'll have to do another episode on this. You know, the hot thing right now, I didn't go to social media marketing world. My friends did, and they said everybody was talking about how social media, the different platforms are asking themselves, how can we become decentralized? And you may think, oh, like Facebook, they're like all in the game because they're rebranding to meta and so forth. But there's a lot of controversy with that because essentially they're using their exact same model and just kind of branding it as like a metaverse. Uh, but it's still data-driven and they're still selling your data and so forth. It's interesting. I'm not going to geek out on it too much, but uh, do a little Facebook search on on that controversy. <laughs> it's a paint job, right? Like it, it just yeah. like, it feels like a paint job. And oh, by the way, we're working on some stuff. Yeah. So I also found two big points from Philip Mozart, who is a CMO of Space 7, who just wanted to emphasize two points with Web3 versus Web2 is the organic community. You cannot buy them. I know that it hurts everybody's feelings, but I know we got really used to buying credibility in Web2. This is something that you absolutely cannot do. You have to stay engaged. You cannot fake it, period. Also, he mentioned that this is going to involve more content and transparency in your content. Well, yeah, I mean, this is something you said, and I'd and I like to reiterate it. We were talking earlier on the phone, and we were just talking about how some people want to just kind of get those numbers super fast, and those necessarily aren't our people. We talk about the slow burn of building a community, and you said something that was like, dude, write that shit down. And you said people want to portray success more than they actually have it. And like, so talk to me about that, uh, you know, in terms of an organic community, like expectation management, if you're coming to this world, what should your expectations be? Or how should you try and think about what you want to do? See, and I just, I don't think that this is anything different than the reality of what was happening in quote web two. It's just a rebrand right now. And people are actually realizing that numbers do not equal conversion. They do not equal conversion. And we, again, want those numbers because we want to seem successful. And that feels really good that we are portrayed in this light. But the truth is, and Rich, you know this as a businessman, like those numbers aren't necessarily giving you dollars. And in a lot of cases, I've seen the back end of a lot of businesses that I've worked with, some of the ones that have the bigger following aren't making the most money. And some people I've worked with who have like less than a thousand followers on Instagram, they're killing it and they're making tons of money. So again, it depends on what your goals are. But if you have a project, something that you're trying to push in Web3, this emphasis on community isn't just about, oh, community, because we love people and we want to feel good and all that. Yes, there's an element of it. But the truth is the community has conversion power where they'll actually want to be a part of your project. They'll actually pay you. They'll be a part. So yeah, Philip was saying that it just takes a lot of freaking time. I was working with one project yesterday and I was sharing with them. I'm like, you may actually feel like you're going backwards with numbers, the clearer you get and the more intentional with your messaging, because people are going to either gravitate stronger toward you or pull away from you. Cause they're like, Hey, this isn't for me, but don't be worried about that. 
because the people who are pulling in tighter and closer, that's a stronger community. Again, we're building community, not an audience here. But that goes back to data. Um, Philip says that data is still important, but what we're looking at here is engagement rate. So you're going to see a lot more projects showing this data. And it kind of made me think of um, those who are really in the entrepreneurial space. You'll know Pat Flynn and JLD. They're two online entrepreneurs who several years ago kind of had this thing between them where they were showing how much money they were making every single month publicly on their website. They were showing it kind of back and forth with each other as a little bit of a playful competition. But I could actually see Web3 projects doing this. Like, I mean, obviously we're seeing it with the blockchain, you know, what money's going in and out. But what about engagement rates? What about being really transparent with what your community is doing or what they're not doing? It's interesting. Yeah. And then last thing we'll talk about is NFT tokens. Like what about them? What's their role going to be? Uh, Heather linked an article here that there's a couple of good passages. And one of them is the following. Web3 changes the whole approach to bootstrapping new networks since tokens offer an alternative to the traditional approach to the cold start problem. Rather than spending funds on traditional marketing to entice and acquire potential customers, core developer teams can use tokens to bring in early users who can be rewarded for their early contributions. Let me try and give you a little bit of uh, unscrambling of that message. It's saying like, let's not spend the money to acquire you as a potential prospect or client. Like, let me let you in on the ground floor, let you own it with me, help you help me build this and help us build a community that hopefully can make uh, $977 million in a year like Bored Apes. Or if we just happen to make 900,000, that's still a really freaking good start. So that's what that means. And just to go a little bit further, not only are these early users evangelists, of course, uh, who bring more people into the network, but this essentially makes early users in Web3 more powerful than the traditional business development or salespeople in Web2. So you essentially have a well-oiled machine if you are able to essentially tokenize, okay? Uh, and it doesn't necessarily need to be currency that can be turned into dollars. It could be like we know, like we know the man, right? Like Gary Vee, like maybe it's playing cards, maybe it's tickets to a conference, maybe it's whatever. But the whole thing, I still believe, is two things is adoption, right? The more community uh, that kind of gets involved with whatever it is that you're trying to do, the higher visibility is going to get, the higher assets will appreciate. And overall, people on the outside looking in are going to be interested. Like, what are Heather and Rich doing? Why are they always talking about this project? What do they mean they, they got a free whatever in the mail? That's going to lead to adoption. That's going to lead to people being like, fuck it, I'm getting my crypto wallet once and for all, and I'm going to just do this. So that's where we're at. But yeah, Heather, I mean, it's so hard to do this episode because we still don't know, but I know we're looking. Right. But this is the point in time where people who emerge and do some really freaking amazing things are asking themselves questions and not shying away from, I don't know. So if you're listening to this, if you even had understood half of what we're saying, if you're curious about it, like I think it's a really cool place to be because the next 10 years, there's going to be some new leaders and creators and entrepreneurs that arise from this place that maybe didn't have that platform in web too. Yeah. I completely agree. So it is question time, question time, question time. I'm going to flip through this little book and I, you will tell me when to stop and I will pick the first question I see. Here we go. Stop. Okay. Highway or back roads? Depends on who I'm with and where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Uh, I could tell you from personal experience, I'd rather be on the back roads with Heather than on a highway because that is a kind of death grip on the little bar above the window. I'm just like, okay, Heather. Whatever. This is this is heavy machinery. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> man. 
Uh, for me, highway, I think. I don't know, man. I just like to go fast. I like to have the windows down and just go nuts. And my daughter hates it. But yeah, that's what I would say. All right, Heather, where can people find us and join us and hook us up with their attention and support? Find us on Discord. It's linked up in the show notes. We would love, love, love to get to know you. And if you are new to Discord and you don't like it, trust me, there's a lot of people in there who it's their first time in Discord too. So you have a safe place in there with us. And if you want to see Heather's lovely face and me, then you could see us on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. on Insta. On the Instagrams, we do live. So we'll either have guests on or we'll do like a Q&A. And that way we could interact with you. That real-time feedback, like literally that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to do it, except we're doing it on the Web2 platform. So check us out there. Thank you guys for all your attention. Peace out. Peace out.